You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. All right. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm good, Camille. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. What can I help you with today? Oh, thank you so much for having me and for your help. You're so inspiring. Uh, I would love your guidance on how to promote a work that has come out recently at the same time you're trying to think about and really get invested in your next project. So the issue that I'm bumping up against is that I had a book come out over the summer and congrats. Amazing. Thank you. It was very exciting, but I feel, you know, I feel like it's almost like um, my baby and I want to keep putting it out in front of people and and, uh, promoting it. At the same time, I am supposed to be starting my next project. And while I have some ideas, I feel that whenever I hit a stumbling block, I immediately shelve it and then default to, ooh, maybe I should reach out to a bookstore about a signing or Ah. I should pitch a blog to this uh, outlet. And, you know, hopefully that byline will promote my work. And so I I sort of feel like I've I've created um, not a great workflow for myself. And I know that you are the queen of strategizing and getting so much done in a short period of time. So I thought you would be the perfect person to turn to for help. Well, you're sweet. My calendar might disagree with you, but I think I have a few ideas for you. Um, So let's start with when you're like supposed to be doing one thing, working on projects and something gets sticky or you get stuck and you go do promotion things. So this is what we call buffering. So buffering is the activity that you use to procrastinate. And it basically is anything you're doing instead of the thing that you said you were going to do. And what's amazing about writers is that we're really good at buffering in actually productive ways. So, yeah, so you're not, you know, going to drink a bottle of wine instead or eating a a bag of Oreos. You're like, I'm going to promote my book, which is really, really good. But I think it's important to be aware of what you're doing because you're doing it so as to not feel some uncomfortable emotion. Exactly. Like exactly what you're saying. I tell myself, well, it's not bad that you didn't write because you did X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure, you know, some of those things do come to fruition, but. Oh, for sure. Maybe I don't hear back from 50% of people. So then that kind of makes me feel worse again. Like maybe you should have been working on your new project because you didn't hear back from five out of 10 people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will tell you just on the professional side, hearing back from five out of 10 is pretty good. Yes, I probably am being generous. Yes. <laughs> so you always want to be asking to do things yeah. for free, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's, before we dive into scheduling, let's talk just a little bit about the project that you're working on when you're getting stuck. So tell me a little about that. Well, it's, um, I've been writing in the thriller suspense genre and what I'm supposed to be doing now is outlining chapters and sort of brainstorming, fleshing out those characters. And so I thought, even though, you know, I'm excited about it and I'm interested as soon as 
I'll think about one thing for a character. Okay, should this should this sibling be in high school? Or should she be in college? And mm-hmm. I can kind of see it either way. And as soon as I get stuck, I think, you know what? What about writing a blog post about this? And then yes. I immediately, I switch to the other and divert myself. And I feel like I need to nip this habit in the bud before I don't make any progress. Yeah. So I love how aware you are. You're really onto yourself. (laughs) Writers, we're really smart. And so we're often like, I know what I'm doing is a problem. Right. And I'm still doing it. So exactly. Every day I say I'm going to stop. Tomorrow I'm going to get better and I don't do it. Yeah. What do you think the emotion is? Let's just go back to this place of you're trying to figure out who is the sibling. Oh, I don't really want to do this. Like, what's the emotion coming up for you? I think it's almost, I guess, and I'm I'm sure you know better than anyone, just the whole idea of starting a new project and holding that whole world in your head. Uh, I think starting from scratch, it almost overwhelms me. Or I think, mm. what if I take this sibling or or that character down the wrong path? And I guess I, I, I joke that I feel like now I already know too much. You know, back yes. when I was, and I didn't know as much, it didn't occur to me. You may have to scrap these thousands of words. I think it's the fear of going down the wrong road and writing uh, pages and pages that will come to nothing. Or and I know it's not for nothing. All all of it is good practice. And you know who knows? Maybe that's a character I revisit down the road. But um, but that's I, your logical brain, Liz. So your emotional brain is like, yes. Yeah, so what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to be wrong here. Exactly. Right. I don't want to have to face all the rewriting or the taking myself down a bad path. So I think I put it off. Has that happened to you? Like, is there a history there of really writing thousands of words that you don't end up using? Or is it just what you're afraid of? Well, I guess other than a whole manuscript I have that is just living in my iCloud. I guess Yeah, I have four of those. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um I don't know. I think it's just um maybe just the sheer thought of all the work involved with starting this new project has at kind of at, at every turn I take a little detour toward uh promotion or or something else that is is stopping me from making true progress. Yeah. So the overwhelm is generally a nervous system response. It's just your brain trying to protect you. Because even though, again, that logical part of you is like, it's just a book. We can do this. We've done it before. That doesn't mean that your brain's not interpreting and is really scary. So there's a little bit of compassion that can come into play here of like, well, yeah, of course you're behaving this way. Of course you're reacting this way. It's actually your brain trying to be nice to you. So there's that. Take it away. Any guilt that you're feeling, it's like totally normal behavior. Doesn't mean that you have a weird personality type where this isn't going to happen for you. That's always been really helpful for me to hear because we tend to personalize. Right. See, it's a normal human pattern that most people have to some degree. It's like not such a big deal anymore. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) But I also wonder if you could begin to kind of break it down into smaller steps okay? because you're looking at it as all this work. Exactly. Really, what I want to offer you is that you only have to make one decision at a time. Okay. And here's what I'd like to explore if you're willing. Why do you think there's a wrong choice? Because sister could be in college or she could be 10. 
Right. Exactly. I know. I think I'm, I definitely think I'm guilty of overthinking and I should just pick one and go with it. And then if I have to reverse course later, I can do it. And it, I know logically it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. In, in the moment, I, I just flee. I'll use, or, you know, I throw in a load of laundry and I'm doing a dishwasher. And then I tell myself, okay, just think about it in your head while you're doing those things. And, but it's not actually getting any words on the page. So there is a little, almost like a mini exercise you can do here when you're making decisions in the moment. Almost two prongs. So first I would ask, if nothing were wrong, which one of these would I pick? Okay. Because when we're plotting and making characterizations and things like that, we're often thinking there is a right way. But if you can just kind of flip that and be like, if none of these choices are wrong, because P.S. they're not, you're the God in this scenario, you get to create the entire world, then which one just sounds more fun to me? Okay. I like that. Yeah. And you can also ask like, why am I thinking this is a problem? Okay. Because that sometimes will just bring awareness to what you're creating. Okay. Exactly. I like that. I want you to like really work on your self-trust here. And in your case, you have evidence that it works. You wrote a book that got published. (laughs) Like, it's the golden ring. (laughs) Right. I have to keep trying to remind myself, as you said, you've done it before. Yeah. Do it again. I think, I don't know, do you ever face that feeling when you start a new project? Like Every how? book. Okay. <laughs> All right. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to another writer about this yesterday. Every time I know that I can do it, but every story is different. And so there's always this bit of fear of like, how the heck am I going to pull this off? And that's where we often use our past against ourselves. So like the book in the drawer. I know I certainly have done this. Like, oh, there might be another book in the drawer. That's exactly what I'm facing. Yeah, but you could choose to be like, but listen, another book worked out. It got published. It's doing well. Bookstores want me to do events to promote it. Like, this is all amazing. Why wouldn't I create that again? Okay. Right. And focus on the positive instead of the negative. Right. Yeah. So let's get really tactical because here's what I want to offer you that I hope every writer listening really considers. I want you to start deciding in advance how you're going to use your time. Okay. You're almost letting your emotional response. And again, this is not specific to you or what kind of person you are, Liz, just what we do. Like, what do I feel like doing right now? Well, that always works against us because... The brain hasn't evolved that much. It is always going to go back to avoiding, you know, pain, seeking pleasure, trying to conserve energy. And so your brain is always going to be like, well, it's more fun to promote this book that's already there. We have all the evidence that it's working. So I would really get specific about when are my writing hours. And it doesn't have to be a ton of time. So most writers... I would say I work with hundreds at this point, don't produce more than three hours a day. There are exceptions. Some people really train themselves to, but I want to make sure that you're being realistic about what you're trying to do. And even if you can write for a solid hour every day, you're winning. Okay. That would be great. Just like, okay, my writing time is nine to 10. Okay. And this is when I do it. And then my promotion time is X, Y, Z. You're right. Just divide them and then don't. Mm -hmm. Don't give myself the out that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the benefit of deciding for both of them, really using your prefrontal cortex, 
you know, all of your executive function to make these decisions in advance so that you're not giving into the moment, your brain is going to know that it's taken care of. So when you say, well, from three to four every day, I'm working on marketing. You can stop freaking out in the moment while you're writing of like, when will we do this? Because you're like, I have a time. I even do this with worrying. I set a worry time. I like that. Yeah. Kind of compartmentalizing. Yes. <laughs> and half the time the worries go away. But when you're just like, don't, you know, get obsessed. There is time to deal with this. It's like, oh, I can do it. That's a great idea. Yeah. So what are you thinking now in terms of scheduling? What's coming up for you in terms of what's possible, what sounds good, what sounds difficult? Um, I think an hour to an hour and a half a day would be a realistic goal for me. And I think the morning is probably the best time for that. And mm -hmm. then I think probably early afternoon for the marketing would be a perfect time. And I like the idea of just breaking them apart and not not intermingling, you know, and of course, yes. if, I were, if I were marketing and I had a great idea for the character, I wouldn't mind shortchanging the marketing to create yes. new content. But I feel like going the opposite way is really messing me up. Yeah, I would always, our first and primary job is to create, to write. Right. And so I'm willing to sacrifice the other pieces. You'll see that I'm not on social media a whole, a whole lot, for better or for worse because I'm willing to sacrifice that. But if we don't write, there's nothing to promote. There's nothing to share. I think, yes, that, that's great advice. And I think the thing that's been most helpful for me in terms of getting around procrastination, because for me, I'm not even going to market. I'll tell you, Liz, I want to go on my gossip blogs. It's really okay. bad. <laughs> like I want to no. go do something that has nothing to do with this. I just right. remind myself that I can handle the feeling that I'm trying to avoid, which is, often discomfort or boredom because mm -hmm. we do get bored with our writing sometimes it's like right. oh or I don't know and that's really uncomfortable yeah so just I saying unknown. Mm -hmm. I can handle some uncertainty I can okay. handle some discomfort yeah because everything you want is on the other side of that Thank so you. if you're willing right. to it's, feel it I have to push through it to get the other side yeah so good that's Love it. Great advice. Thank you. And put it in your calendar. That would be my last bit. Really, I write from about nine to 11 or 12, depending on my schedule, every single day. I've been doing that for years and it's still on my schedule every single day. That's great. Yeah. Just so that I can remind my brain and my family. That, right, that yes. is what I'm doing. I love when you talk about <laughs> your mom stopping by and your kids are in the same boat. You never yes. know who's popping up. Where I always joke, I'm never more popular than when I try to sneak away to write. I know. <laughs> people want to tell me what they had for lunch and what happened during gym. And, you know, what would you tell that at dinner time you know, when I go around this table? But <laughs> what is that? It's like, <laughs> or in the car. Yes. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk in the car. Just because you can't be writing in the car. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. You got this. It's going to be great. Keep me posted on how the scheduling goes. I think it's going to be a real game changer for you. Thank you, Camille. I'm definitely going to take this advice. I'm going to start tomorrow. Yes. Do it. Amazing. So good, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co, that's evenbetter.co, to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.